Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast, hashtag Pitbull Stories edition. In all of the installments of Pitbull Stories, I have special guests who share their stories of what it was like to um, acquire a Pitbull type dog, to live with a Pitbull type dog, and kind of share their experience of how they worked through some of those stigmas and how they advocate for the breed now. I've been the proud owner of two blocky headed dogs and our current blocky headed dog, Waylon, is an American Staffordshire Terrier, and I know what it feels like to experience some of the stigmas that the world wants to throw at you, and my intention with this series is to reassure all of you amazing blocky-headed owners that our beloved pit bulls are amazing, and we can play a huge role in advocating for the breed. So please enjoy these episodes, and if you'd like to be a guest on Pitbull Stories, please send me a DM over on the Instagram at a feeling underscore NCO. Hey everybody, welcome back to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast, hashtag Pitbull Stories edition. Um, I hope that you all are well, wherever you are. Um, It is a pretty magnificent day um, for me and so many other wonderful human beings who have fought so hard to reverse the breed-specific legislation that has been in place in Denver for 31 years. Um, If you missed it on social media, um, Ballot Measure 2J, which um, basically legalizes pit bull ownership in Denver, passed um, so for the, for the first time in 31 years, um, owning a pit bull type dog is going to be legal in the city of Denver, which is just so immensely exciting. Um, we used to live in Denver, my husband and I, and we moved out of Denver. We live in Thornton, which is a northern suburb of Denver, so that we could have Waylon um, because he was still on the breed ban list. So it's a huge win. Um, I just want to give a shout out to the wonderful ladies of uh, Replace Denver BSL. Um, they worked tirelessly to make all of this possible and to pull this off. And I was grateful to be able to support them in that mission. So yay. Um, if there is breed specific legislation in your town and you are looking for support ideas, I highly recommend you reach out to the wonderful ladies behind um, Replace Denver BSL. Shira and Quinn um, are motivated and they pulled it off. So I think that they're a great resource if you need some help there. Um, also just want to give a, a quick shout out to uh, Michelle of Pipple Advocates of America. She is also an amazing resource if you are trying to get BSL removed in your town. And Michelle actually just started a podcast, um, Pitbull Advocates of America podcast. So I highly recommend you check that out for all of your Pitbull knowledge. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different because it's just me. Um, I don't have a a guest today. Um, And after today's episode, I'm going to be taking a short break from producing the Pitbull Stories episodes. Um, Fear or not, I will be um, jumping back into amazing conversations with amazing Pitbull type dog parents come January 2021. But I'm going to take a little bit of time off from this um, series. So this will be the last episode. So what I want to talk about in this episode is really some specific questions and feedback that I've gotten from all of you as the listeners um, and followers on, on Instagram. And, you know, I want to talk about blocky-headed dog body language because there is still really this myth, right, that pit bull-type dogs do not 
give warning cues and they will snap and attack in an instant. And I really think that in order to troubleshoot this myth, what where the conversation needs to go is to punishing out warning cues in dogs. Okay, so in general, without human interference or punishment, dogs are very clear communicators, right? There are huge precursors to bite incidents and fights. And in most cases, those are actually avoided when the dogs can properly uh, properly communicate and be heard, quote unquote, heard or read by whatever species they are interacting with, which is oftentimes us. So, um, In general, dogs do not bite out of the blue. That is false, right? There are subtle communications that dogs are expressing and it's up to us to learn those cues. So, you know, just to kind of give you a subtle sequence of events as an example, right? A dog may freeze, a dog may lower their head, a a dog may do a hard stare, a dog may do a tongue flick, a dog may raise their gums so that you can see their teeth. A dog may do that in varying degrees. A dog may growl. A dog may move away. So there are seriously so many precursors to bites, with the exception of dogs who were punished so heavily for those communication signals that they jump straight to the bite. This is happening. It is not specific to blocky-headed dogs. This is every single breed of dog. Um, But I think that why it sticks with blocky-headed dogs is because, unfortunately, blocky-headed dogs have been um, on the inhumane side of training where they've just been shocked and choked and kicked and punished and punished and punished every time they were trying to communicate. And guys, let's be honest, all of this is communication. And if you punish a growl out of a dog, you have created a dog that will bite out of the blue, right? So while it's not specific to blocky-headed dogs, it is absolutely possible. Um, and unfortunately, I have worked with some of these dogs in my career. And, you know, the outcome, not always super promising. Because if you take the warning signals out, you have created a very dangerous dog. Right. So I think that I really just wanted to clear that up there, guys, that if a dog is continually being punished for communicating and those subtle things as precursors to biting, those will fade away and the dog will learn that no one is listening. And you have to go to your only defense mechanism, which is biting to get what you need. That is absolutely inhumane. I, I, I wish that the world of dog training um, wasn't the perpetrator of this, but unfortunately, because dog training is unregulated, there are a lot, a lot of trainers who are punishing warning signals out of dogs and unfortunately creating problems for trainers like me, who I get called in as the last resort and a lot of aggression cases. And in the circumstances where the warning signals have been punished out, it is very, very hard to play catch up. It is not impossible, but the prognosis is not great in a lot of situations. Okay. Um, there are a small, a very small percentage. I do not have an exact number, but in my experience, there's a very small percentage of dogs that 
have a mental disorder in which they're not always displaying warning signs like the average dog would. Maybe nothing has ever been punished out, but maybe there is just misfiring and bad wiring in their brain. Um, we fostered an American Pitbull Terrier. We called him Hilo. Um, many of you have heard his story, um, but we fostered him years and years ago. This is probably seven years ago. And he came to us from a neglect situation. He was two years old when we got him and his previous two years, he lived tied out on a chain in Colorado. So an American Pitbull Terrier with no fur, no extra body weight, um, lived outside in snowstorms for his first two years of life. And unfortunately, as a byproduct of that early life and early experience, Gila was prone to a lot of aggression. Um, he would resource guard food items from other dogs and people to the extent that he would bite both humans and dogs. Um, there were lots of other triggers that elicited aggressive behavior from Hilo. And, you know, he was with us for a total of nine months. In the early stages of that nine months, the, I'd say probably that first three months, um, he actually made a lot of progress. Our resource guarding protocol was going really well. I could successfully feed him. I could successfully trade him. He was not showing aggression to me. Um, but as time went on, the damage the irreversible damage became very evident. Um, there was a really long sequence of events, but it really boiled down to Hilo attacked, um, well, got into a fight with Sunny, our previous male dog, who could also be aggressive in, in dog aggressive in certain circumstances. So there was that fight. Um, then we switched to a strictly crate and rotate program. So Hilo and Sunny could never be loose together. In fact, they could never even see each other um, without it just erupting into this must get to dog and put teeth on as quickly as possible. Hilo did pretty well with, with Tiva for a while, um, but then there was a resource guarding incident where our management had failed. There was one piece of kibble on the ground that I did not know was there, and Hilo attacked Tiva over a piece of kibble. Um, then Hilo um, bit my husband um, over a food incident, and then the finale was when Hilo bit me over a food incident. And guys, um, it was gut-wrenching. This was very early on in my dog training career, and I was still naive in the fact that I really thought that I could change him. I really thought that he could live successfully with us. And that was definitely a situation in which I think that his brain was just not firing normally. Um, he still did give warning signals, right? He still did give warning signals, but his end result was still always the bite. Um, unfortunately, Hilo was no longer safe to live with us or live with anyone else. In fact, Hilo was a danger to the community. So we made the decision to um, release Hilo from his physical body. Um, I have no regrets about that. It was gut-wrenching, but Hilo lives on and he taught me a lot. And I tell you what, the things that he taught me in those nine months have served me very well in all of the work that I have done with aggressive dogs. While Hilo was an American 
American Pit Bull Terrier. That is not exclusive to his breed by any means. Um, every single breed of dog can have bad wiring in the brain. Every single dog, unfortunately, can be exposed to punishment to the degree that they stop giving warning signals. So, you know, I think that body language is at the core of this and we need to learn to read body language. But I did want to be honest and real with you guys about, um, maybe a dog could quote unquote bite out of the blue. And I think that being punished over and over again and misfiring in the brain or a combination of the two of those are really the only circumstances in which a dog is, is quote unquote unpredictable, right? So Thank you so much for your feedback, you guys. It's been so cool to hear from you. Um, I have a, a wonderful client who I will remain nameless. Um, you know who you are, but she is a doctor and she sees a lot of um, people bitten by dogs. And her perspective was, you know, that seeing dog bites. And, you know, she said that she was really grateful for all of the information that I put out because as a Denver city voter, she actually voted to legalize pit bull ownership, which she wouldn't have done otherwise. And and I'm so grateful to hear that. Um, And that's really the fuel behind this whole series, right? Is to help all of us understand blocky headed dogs better um, so that we can all live happier, healthier lives and so that dogs don't need to suffer because of human um, ignorance, because of human misconduct. Um, So yeah, guys, like I said, this is going to be the end of Pitbull Stories until January of 2021. Trust you guys that come January, I'm going to have some amazing episodes to share with you. So hang tight. Um, I hope that you all are well wherever you are. If you have a blocky headed dog, smooch those puppies, hold them tight. Um, if you have feedback about the series, if you have further questions about pit bull type dogs that you'd like me to answer, Hey, shoot me a DM over on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. I would be delighted to connect with you there. And again, thank you to everyone who has given me feedback, um, on the series. Um, I love it so very much and huge thank you to all of the wonderful people who joined me and all of the amazing episodes that have already been released. So everybody have a good day and hang tight. Pitbull Stories will be back in January of 2021. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about how you can connect with me for training, you can go to my website, agfdogtraining.com. If you'd like more training inspiration and insight, you can follow me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. If you'd like to become a member and support the podcast, please check us out on Patreon. You can check us out at patreon.com slash disorderly dogs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out out on any future episodes. And if you really like this podcast and you want to go above and beyond for me, you could leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts to help more like-minded individuals find us.